2: Sorry, I'm just taking a phone call here from a loyal Chad listener who's telling us here at 780-496-0063 that uh, we've actually got a different lacrosse team that we should highlight as well. The uh, Team Alberta female under-22s have won the national championship this last weekend. It is the first time that an Alberta female team has brought home the gold. So I just had a call from AJ who was telling us about that and just talking about the impact of, you know, multi sport. Athletes in the women's circuit, and how it's a lot more common to see, you know, these girls that are, say, playing lacrosse right now. They're hockey players, they're soccer players, or basketball players throughout the uh, the rest of the season. And so we'll we'll spend a, a special congratulations to the U22 team, Alberta. I'll remind you again, the uh, men's box lacrosse Junior A championship is taking place at the Bill Hunter Arena all week long, and that, uh, of course, is the Minto Cup. We had John Lintz on Inside Sports a little. Uh, Well, Friday of last week, if you want to go back in the archives and check that one out, great preview of everything you can expect. I know the Miners lost that uh, opening game to Coquitlam, who, uh, based on that performance, they might be the favorites to win this thing. Uh, But we shall see. They're back in action again tonight against... They are playing. No, they play Coquitlam tonight. They played Burlington
1: last night. That's
2: right. That's how this goes. Okay.
1: And the uh, Edmonton Warriors Junior B, they just won the national championships, which is what the Founders Cup. Yeah, that's right. Believe I believe they were in Port Coquitlam.
2: So you think that lacrosse is for the Lower Mainland in BC, or you think it's for the Whitby Warriors or the you know whatever in Ontario. Ontario? Yeah. Not no. necessarily the case. The Rocky Mountain Junior Circuit is uh, absolutely exploding by the sounds of it. But it's a hockey show here. I know that. You know that as well. First, got to tell you that Royal Pizza is pizza, pasta, and so much more. And for a list of their locations, you can head online to royalpizza.ca or download the Royal Pizza app from the App Store. I like the Texan a lot more than I like the looks of the Houston Texan so far this year. Good grief. They were slapped around 28-3 in preseason action not that anybody but me cares about that Uh, (laughs) so let's get to our headliner today shall we we'll talk a little more hockey with senators play-by-play man on tsn 1200 dean brown joining us as our headliner for Wilhawk beef jerky it is the best that you've ever tasted search for w-i-l-h-a-u-k today dean appreciate you jumping on with brendan and cam this afternoon how's it going today
0: Not bad boys, just a normal off-season day Waiting for hockey to start again Oh man, and it's a quiet one But there's been a few more uh, A few little bits
2: of excitement there Maybe Vlad Tarasenko was where we ought to drop the puck with you Dean A one-year deal as, uh, as they bring him aboard It was pretty widely rumored I think that that might be a nice landing spot for him Just to sort of bet on himself What was the reaction in the marketplace to Tarasenko signing up with Ottawa?
0: Well I, well, I think probably one of the biggest things was, you know, it's like it's like any place you want people who want you. So I think uh, it was widely looked at as a positive thing. Uh, not locked in for a long time. If things don't work out, you're only locked in for a year. Number one, it's good money, but not uh, crippling money. In five million, and I think the other big thing is when you're coming in to replace the offense. At least some of it that the Brinkett's departure leaves it. I think it leaves people with a better taste in their mouth because you're replacing a guy that didn't want to be here with a guy that did. So, um, you know, I I don't know what to make of what's going to happen with him. It's hard to predict. Uh, I've heard a couple of things. I've not spoken to him. You know, I, I I have not talked to him directly myself. But you know, there was a lot of rumors here in the East that really he wanted to sign in New York, but they didn't have the space. And so, if his numbers were better, they might be able to make the space next year. So, if really if his ultimate goal is to get back with the Rangers and. It's good for Ottawa because he's motivated to have a heck of a season to put him in line to go to New York next year. And, you know, Ottawa gets over a one-year hump needing some offense. So it could end up being one of those win-win things. But uh, even if it's not for Ottawa, you know, they're not spending a ton and they're not connecting in for two or three years. It's one year.
1: Tim Stutzla has got three seasons under his belt. Uh, Dean, you could see the, the, just the talent and the skill level of this guy, even from year one. But I mean last season he took that kind of that next step. Uh you've been able to watch him right since he's stepped into the National Hockey League. Uh, what do you see for him in the in the next few years?
0: Well, he's uh, uh he's a kid that I would say right now is a star and the only question is can he be a superstar? You know, if you If you look at comparables that people know and understand, uh, he had more points in his first 120 NHL games than Leon Dreisidel did. And I think most people consider Leon Dreisidel to be a superstar. So uh, I think once this team does better and people dig into the numbers more and they see what he does... Uh, they'll say, oh, wow, that that's, that kid's a great player or could be a great player or is a great player now, and will he be a superstar? So for me, I think having seen him from day one, well, really from junior on, to be honest with you, um, uh, he's a star player already. The only question is, does he have all those intangibles to be a superstar player? And, and can he be like any you know superstar player? Can he be a key cog in trying to turn a team that's out of the playoffs into a playoff team and then can he turn them into a team that can win in the playoffs and then can he turn them into a team that can win the Stanley Cup you know that's those are the expectations you put on star players who you're waiting to see can they become superstar players Uh, having said all that
2: uh, Dean I wonder what Jake Sanderson means to this team right now big breakout season he's playing on that contract costing the team less than a million dollars a year but he looks like an NHLer, is my understanding from everybody that had eyes on him all season long last year, he looks like he, he really fits the part.
0: Yeah, he does. He and from from day one, from you know first day he was on the ice. Uh, you know, he is a guy that has very successfully uh, successfully walked right out of college hockey into the NHL, which is impressive to begin with. Um, but one of the other things, and you know, I, I understand that a lot of people don't want to admit this, or you, you know, here in Ottawa. Um, but you know, Thomas Shabbat last year had an inconsistent year. Had some injuries. Had an inconsistent year, and the the reality is just the, the straight up. It just is what it is. Is the fact that for the second half of Ottawa season, Jake Sanderson was this team's best defenseman. That and that's just the way it is. And I know that uh, he was not going to win. But um, my my point was, if you look at play importance minutes played important minutes play role um i thought he should have been the rookie of the year he was in the balloting but not in the top three but uh, i would take him over any of the three guys who finished ahead of him and it's not because i do the ottawa play by play it's because you know you just watch what he does and how he does it and i think over time uh, i think you'll see of the rookie crop he was amongst in within five years, he'll be the guy that everybody says they should have picked him ahead of him, you know. So um, uh, he, is, he is a guy that no one right now, after just one year in the league, no one in Ottawa talks about him in any vein other than is he the number one defenseman on this team or the number two, not should he be in the NHL.
1: Fair enough Yeah, I I thought he was incredible last season Uh, You got a different look in goal this year Uh, Jonas Korpisalo comes over and signs the the free agent deal I know we got to see him play some very good games Against the Edmonton Oilers last year Whether that be in uh, Columbus or or Los Angeles Uh, Looking ahead to the goaltending of the Senators I'm I'm pretty sure he'll end up being the number one guy But how do you see it uh, all coming about?
0: Uh, You know what? I have no clue because I'm at the point now where I don't trust my own judgment. Uh, And the, the, the the reason I say that, boys, is because... When they signed Murray out of Pittsburgh, I thought that was a fantastic deal. a Two-time Stanley Cup guy, you know, he's going to come in, his team is growing at the right time, they're ready to pop if they get some good you know, goaltending, and that was a disaster. You know, he just couldn't stay in the net, couldn't stay healthy, and I'm not, you know, he just might be too brittle to be an NHL goalie. Toronto found that out this year, like, who knows? And then when they signed Talbot, I thought, well, okay, they had one that just, that didn't work out, and I saw that totally wrong, and I thought, Talbot, perfect, here's a guy that was an all-star in Minnesota, veteran guy knows what it takes good good backbone kind of guy to have on a team again couldn't stay on the ice injured all year long good guy great in the room all those things but you know again couldn't couldn't stay healthy enough to to be a major factor here and then when they had their other guys supposed to be the 1a and 1b anton forsberg blow out both knees in the same collision in the same game I'm, I'm thinking to myself, well, I've never seen, in 32 years of doing this, I've never seen a guy blow out both knees in the same play, but that happens. So when they signed Eunice Corpusalo, I thought, yeah, that's a great pickup. That's the kind of guy they need. But then I started thinking, well, I could not have been more wrong on everything else, so why should I think now that my opinion matters here? So my original answer still stands. I have no idea whether this is good or not. Will
1: Forsberg be back for the start of the season?
0: Yeah, he's ready to go now. Okay. He, uh, neither one of the knee injuries, uh, both are MCLs, and they were uh, obviously, you know, ended his season, but neither one of them was uh, career end or even, you know, anywhere close to that serious. And uh, he was on the ice, I think, uh, six weeks after okay. uh, the surgery. So, yeah, he'll be, uh, he'll, he is right now 100% in, in summer skating. So uh, they will start with the idea that Corbassalo and Forsberg will be the uh, the one and two here. And I think really the big question is, you know, for the future, I think their guy for the future is probably going to be uh, Matt Sogard, who you saw a little bit last year. Everybody drools over a six foot seven, six foot eight goaltender that's athletic. So, I think he's the guy of the future. But you know. With with goalies, how do you ever really know that? So, uh, but I think that you know the, the plan is, barring injury, it's it's Corpusalo and Forsberg for as much as they can do it. Nice to see Sogard get a cup of coffee uh, last year, especially yeah.
2: after such a storied career with the Medicine at Tigers program, right, Cam? Yeah, exactly.
1: Well, when we were in Ottawa when Forsberg got hurt in the game of Oilers at Senators. Yeah. So we we did get to see uh, Solgard a bit in that game. But
2: yeah, good to see him get that opportunity. He's uh, he's a very good goaltender. Mm -hmm. I'm chatting right now with uh, Dean Brown. He's the play-by-play man of the Ottawa Senators on TSN 1200. And you can't talk Senators without talking Brady Kachuk. I'm going to go out here and say Dean that he is my favorite player in the NHL. And I I would say outside of the Oilers organization. Tough to say that on air here. But uh, the way that he goes about his business is such a throwback. And for him to be so young and and the leader of this team already i mean what what does he mean to the franchise
0: everything he <laughs> means uh he means everything and and that's not just because it's an ottawa thing whatever franchise he, if put it this way if he if he were in edmonton despite not having even close to the skill level of uh you know that old con- what's his name Oh, not, no, con- <laughs> whatever that guy is number 97 and, uh, the, the, yeah yeah and the and the German guy was not bad too. Uh he would still be the most important player on the team. And I say this because not because of skill and not because of points because he instantaneously becomes the conscience of your team because there is nobody who will drag you into the battle every night the way he does. He only plays one way, and you're right, he's a throwback player. And so he's one of those guys who, on this team, on Ottawa's on, on team, he is not the most skilled player. Tim Stutzla has more skill. Josh Norris has more skill. He's not the most skilled player on this team. But he is easily the most important player on this team because he is a true, legitimate captain. He's not a captain so they can sell more jerseys in the store. He is a captain because he leads this team. He's a captain because he does all the little things. He's inclusive. He's the guy that talks and bargains with the coach about practice times he's the guy at the airport picking up rookies he's even though he's very young he knows exactly what the job is and he is very good at it and he gives your team the attitude it requires to move forward and be a championship team so like i said there's almost no team in the league where he would ever be your most skilled guy but any team he would be on in this league he would be your most important guy because he drags everyone with him you're not going to outcompete him you're not and in this game right Right now, in this era, there are not many guys who have the potential to get 100 points and 200 pims, and he is one of those guys that has the potential to be a 100-point player and a 200-pim player. And even though they don't, and you wouldn't want, uh, you know that kind of a guy fighting all the time, he won't turn one down. You know he, he knows there's some that he shouldn't take. And he's been made well aware that, you know, when fourth liners come and challenge him, that's not a fight you take. But that doesn't mean that he's not going to take the ones that are important and he's not going to let someone else do it for him. And that all in this game still, you can talk about whether you like fighting, don't like fighting, whatever. In this game, whether you like it or not, fighting is still allowed and intimidation is a part of it. And Brady Kachuk is one of the rare players in this league now where he makes you have to deal with him all the time. And that makes him very important.
1: I I absolutely agree. And and from the outside looking in, and you're on the inside, so you'd have far better uh, thoughts on this. He seems like a fun person to be around.
0: Oh uh, oh absolutely is what do you see of Brady and the stuff you see online and him shirtless at bars singing on the bar that's brady that's and he doesn't the thing about Brady is that he you know he's grown up in the era where he is well aware that every camera is in a phone and everyone has a phone and He's a guy that knows where the line is. He knows going out and having fun is having fun, but he knows where the line is. So there's lots of pictures and stories about Brady around town having fun. Uh, hell, this summer in June at his wedding, there's pictures of him with his shirt off at his wedding singing with his new bride, for God's sake. <laughs> like, That's Brady. That's who Brady is. You know, that's last year in the preseason. Um, we were in the Maritimes, and there's lots of police there, and you know, like because of their big functions and stuff like that. And out behind the arena, they were warming up playing the soccer thing, you know, and they were doing it outside because those rinks are small. So, the, you know, the soccer game, they always play to warm up before practice. Well, a couple of the police guys that were there were canine guys, so they had their dogs there. So the players and Brady started talking to him, And about two minutes later, Brady's got the arm sleeve on, and... And he wants to feel what it's like when the dogs clamp onto your arm. Oh boy! And the and the, and the coaches are going, Brady. What do you do? He says, oh, no, I don't know. I want to find out. And the guy said, It's no big deal. And you know, so you know, it's like that's Brady. It's like, hey, what are we? What are we trying next? What's oh, what's going on next? And like I said, he he just he he is a very self confident guy, but not a show off. He's a guy that is very very self confident, but not arrogant. And he's very much a guy that wants to experience life, and hockey is a part of that. So he. he brings that to the table everywhere all the time. And that is what Brady is. And people here adore him because they know that he is not a phony. That is exactly who Brady is.
2: One more question for uh, TSN 1200's Dean Brown here. We've seen other teams in the Atlantic Division, Dean, loading up physically. Boston brings back Lucic, Toronto adds Bertuzzi, Domi, and Ottawa. They don't necessarily need as significant a response because, again, their captain's a pretty tough customer. But Zach McEwen joins the fold. Do you get the sense that uh, the team there is maybe gearing up for a bit more physical uh, route to the playoffs or even through the playoffs?
0: Not really. Uh you know, because that's the way they play anyway. They they led the league in majors last year. They they like it to be that way. They're you know, their their fighting numbers are not accidental or incidental. You know, Zach McEwen basically replaces Austin Watson. But There's also Mark Kastelik here. There's, you know, Ridley Gregg is a a lightweight, but Ridley Gregg is a young player. Parker Kelly, a Western Leaguer again. He's a young player. That's a part of his game. Travis Hammond, not a big part of his game anymore, but they will, he will play that game, you know. So they're, they're, they're not concerned about that part of the game. And, you know, when you were running down the list of guys that, you know, um, increase the nuclear content here in the East a little bit, Yeah, I guess so. But if you look over the last couple of years, how much has Reeves fought? Because how much does he play? When you're playing four and a half minutes a game, it's hard to get someone to take a fight. And, you know, it's the same with Milan Lucic. Ottawa's played, you know, when he's in Edmonton and Calgary, how many times has Ottawa played him? And I think in all those games, he's been in one fight, and he didn't win it. It was a draw. So, you know, I'm not sure how intimidated you have to be. You just have to have guys who are willing to make sure that they are going to protect their teammates and take those fights so their teammates don't have to. And they still have plenty of guys who are more than willing to do that. You don't have to, you don't have to, beat Milan Lucic and you don't have to beat Reeves you just have to be willing to take him on so he doesn't take on somebody on your team that you don't want him to fight Zach McKeown, all Zach McEwen has to do is make sure that either of those guys don't get a chance to fight Brady that's his job I, I, know, it, I know it looks good to say well the, the nuclear content of the East has certainly gone up yeah kind of I guess. But again, it's hard to be fearful of someone who's playing four and a half minutes a game. You know, he doesn't get enough time to hurt you. That's a good point. Dean, this was a lot of fun.
2: Really appreciate you making some time for us on short notice. Brandon, can, anytime, boys. Thank you. All right, that's the voice of the Senators on TSN 1200 out in Ottawa. He is available at PXP Brown? Yeah. Let's, let's clarify. PXP Ottawa. PXP Ottawa. We got it. On X. Not Twitter. No, no. X. <laughs> We're back to wrap up the show after this. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly.
1: From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here as in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment.
2: Bob's off all week and next week too. So it'll be Cam and I holding things down until September 1st. Bob will come back for that Friday show. And then we got a whole new time slot for you after the long weekend. just heard from our headliner today, and I'll remind you, uh, we've got the Canadian Derby coming up this Saturday. We've been telling you about it for a while. Century Mile is the place. The Horses, Horse Racing Alberta is the sponsor, and we'll have our uh, daily face-offs, Frank Ceravalli on tomorrow at 12.30, our time for his usual hit for our friends at the Horses and Horse Racing Alberta. Again, more tickets, uh, four tickets rather, to the Canadian Derby and uh, more info available at thehorses.com. That's always... This is the biggest event oh, on their calendar, right? This is the thing. It's outstanding.
1: Uh, really enjoy the Canadian Derby, how everybody gets into it, how everybody dresses up, just the
2: the the fun, the excitement there, you name it. It's... It's really a good time. Now, I'm going to get one last caller in here. Gary, appreciate you hanging out for quite some time on holds. We'll uh, put a bow on our conversation about what you would film as a sports documentary. Gary, only uh, about 90 seconds for you here, but lay it on me. Pierre Luters and the Canadian bobsled team, how they took on the titans of bobsledding in the Germans and the Russians. Okay, I love that. And he's Pierre Luters is an Edmonton product, isn't he? that's correct and that was what 30 years ago Ah, creeping up on that I see a gold medal here in Nagano in 1998 so I'll tell you what we already had a listener suggest that we should do what happened with the Canadian men's hockey team in Nagano 1998 we could just branch that out and say that we had another Edmonton angle but uh, Pierre Luters are you a bobsled fan Gary typically? Yes I am yes. Interesting so Jesse Lumsden are you following his career in post CFL at all? Uh yes, when he was uh yes. And uh also uh Humphreys who came out of uh central Alberta. Uh I can't remember her first name right now. She was in the uh, one man uh, luge, I think. Gotcha. Well, I really appreciate the call, Gary. Thank you very much. We'll get a camera out your way. We'll get that uh, filming started on That's that right. one. Everybody who has texted or called in, this was a lot of fun today. Really appreciate it. So many ideas, and this is what I'm saying about, uh, you know, if you're if you're a guy like Adam Scorgi who does this for a living, what is the process after the idea strikes you? How do you go about deciding who you're going to interview? Where do you get the footage from? How do you get permission to use the footage? These All these questions that I have about such an interesting Interesting topic. We'll see if we can wrangle them uh, because, again, you've probably seen either Making Cocoa or Ice Guardians, which you can find just about anywhere. Both of those, Adam Scorgies work out of right here in Edmonton. So fun stuff on that front. Again, a big thanks to all of you. This Day in Oilers History is brought to you all season long by New West Travel, serving travelers since 1979. Book your vacation today at newwesttravel.com. Back to 1998. Hey, the Olympics were this year, right? The Oilers. They signed veteran winger Pat Falloon to a one-year deal. Put up 40 points, playing in all 82 games the next season, but was placed on waivers claimed by the Penguins on February 4th of 2000. What do you remember about Pat Falloon? I remember him uh, lighting up the
1: WHL with the Spokane Chiefs. Him and Ray Whitney. Oh, that wasn't any fun. Not <laughs> fun at all. On their way to a Memorial Cup championship. Interesting. He's from Warren, Manitoba. How about that?
2: Yeah, I love the double O on the name. Tonight on Inside Sports, you get Dave Campbell in the guest host chair. An episode of Elks this week. You'll also hear from Elks receiver Manny Arsenault and women's Edmonton marathon runner uh, Janelle Bicowski. Marathon went down yesterday morning. Uh, we will have, as mentioned, Frank Saravali coming up tomorrow and lots of time for you as well. Up next in the station, a global news update from Randy Kilburn. Angela Cocot has you from 2 to 3 and then it's the drive with Ted Henley from 3 to 6. Mooner and I are back tomorrow. It's always a blast hanging out with you. Thank you once more to all that texted, engaged, or just simply tuned in. It's Brendan Escott saying so long from the 630 Ted Studios.